All right. Welcome to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. And uh, this is Arab Talk with Jessica Nam. And uh, today we're going to be surveying the the big picture as we approach 9-11, 10 years on. We're going to be approaching where we are in the Arab and Muslim communities here in the United States. And uh, we're very fortunate to have with us today the CARE National Communications Director, Mr. Ibrahim Hooper, uh, Mr. Hooper is the Communication Directors for CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations at their national office. And CARE is the la- largest civil rights uh, organization for Muslims in the United States. Uh, Ibrahim, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. And by the way, Eid Said on this uh, day, and uh, we're hoping you're, you're able to uh, join us and speak a little bit about, as you're surveying what's happening in the United States right now, 10 years after 9-11. What's your impression of where we stand right now? Well, I think everyone in the community, uh, the Muslim and Arab American community, can can look and see that, uh, like everyone else in our society, we're subjected to a decrease in our civil rights, our civil liberties. We're, uh, as a religious and ethnic community, we're uh, subjected to uh, heightened scrutiny, uh, there are, uh, in CARE's own work prior to 9-11 focused mainly on person-to-person discrimination. In the post-9-11 era, we're now forced to focus more on government-to-individual uh, discrimination. I mean, we see this, this very disturbing story out of uh, New York where the NYPD is basically going around and profiling the entire Muslim community in New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey. And it, and just within the last few minutes, uh, President Obama's counterterrorism advisor, Brennan, uh, came out in support of that. So it, it's really a disturbing situation. Brahim, when you kind of uh, see this 10 years on, and, and you actually see that we're in the midst of uh, an upcoming election, and you see that, for example, we read reports where there has been essentially $42 million invested in creating fear and increased Islamophobia in this country. Where where do you see us going, especially under this administration? Well, I think a lot of people had hoped that the Obama administration would be different. Uh, and what we get really is different rhetoric. We get very nice often, uh, not always, even like they, I said, uh, mentioned that the, the advisor is, backing profiling, uh, but we really haven't seen that uh, uh, nice rhetoric trans into policies. It, it, in many ways, it's a continuation of the Bush administration policies, and in some ways even uh, more than the Bush administration policies. President Obama has launched many, many more predator strikes in Afghanistan and Pakistan than President Bush did. President Obama said he was going to get out of Afghanistan. We're still in Afghanistan. There was a surge in Afghanistan. Uh, we're still in Iraq. Where you know the Israeli-Palestinian uh, uh, situation is still there, and the Obama administration really does nothing to curb uh, uh, tax dollars supporting increased uh, settlement building in the occupied territories. So rhetoric is fine, but policies are better. We're, we're actually approaching a time when uh, we, we understand that there are upwards of 15,000 law enforcement personnel that have been tasked to surveil, to gather information in the mosques throughout uh, 
uh, the greater United States, and there have been actually uh, uh, suggestions that up to two to three people per mosque have been placed there to gather information. We don't hear about these kinds of uh, surveillance techniques with other communities. So in many ways, it does seem like this community has been targeted. Yeah, I, I think anyone who goes to a mosque now assumes that there are uh, law enforcement uh, spies or informants in the mosque. You just take that as part of, of your life as a Muslim in America now. Uh, and uh, you know, I think sometimes the informants and spies are spying and informing on each other. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we had a case in the, that famous one in California right. where the guy, the guy was an ex-convict told to act like a Muslim and go and spy on Southern California mosques. The Muslim community actually reported him to the FBI. And it was interesting, our Care LA uh, person was talking to the FBI agent and was saying this person is, you know, making all these uh, violent suggestions and we, we want to report him. And then he hung up and he realized he hadn't, a the agent hadn't asked what the guy's name was. Wow. Because they knew who the guy, because he was their spy trying to promote these kinds of things. Now, uh, in case you joined us a little late, we're speaking with Mr. Uh, Ibrahim Hooper. Ibrahim is the National Communications Director for the Council on American-Islamic Relations. It's the most important organization of its kind. It's also the largest in the United States. Uh, Ibrahim, when you uh, see what is in front of CARE right now and speaking to the community who is listening right now and to our listeners, what advice would you have for people who are listening to you right now in terms of approaching this season? We're having the 10th anniversary of 9-11. We're approaching an election season where it seems like it's open season to say whatever xenophobic thing against Arab Americans, Muslim Americans are. What advice do you have for our listeners? I think, uh, first of all, know your rights. Know all your legal rights, what to do if approached by law enforcement authorities. Know your rights as an American citizen and your right to a legal counsel. But then get fully uh, engaged in, a, uh, in the society. Civic engagement is so important at the state local, national level, uh, you know, the uh, participate in the electoral process, run for office, uh, back candidates, uh, uh, engage in town hall meetings, write letters to the editor, be a fully engaged citizen. That's the voice of Mr. Ibrahim Hooper. He's the National Communications Director for CARE. In case uh, our listeners are interested, I want to strongly encourage them to go to the CARE website, which is www.cair.com. It's a wealth of information. And, Brahim, uh, any last comments before we let you go? Well, we, we're in dire need of uh, resources to keep up the work, so when they go to the website, they can always press the Donate Here button. We want to strongly, <laughs> we, no, we want to strongly encourage the Donate Here button. And and right after we hang up with you, Ibrahim, we're going to be speaking with your colleague, uh, Cyrus uh, McGoldrick, who's going to be speaking about the CIA NYPD uh, surveillance program. So, Ibrahim, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, take care. We'll talk to you soon. We're going to take a short musical break, and then when we come back, we're going to be speaking with uh, Cyrus McGoldrick. Stay tuned. This is Arab Talk on KPOO.com.
All right. Welcome back to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. And uh, we just got off the line with the National uh, Communications Director, Brahim Hooper, from CARE. Right now on the line with us, we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, Cyrus McGoldrick. He's actually the Communications Director for the CARE New York office and the Civil Rights Manager, rather. He's the manager of the Civil Rights part of the CARE New York office. And they recently put out a a very disturbing um, press release with a coalition forming to probe the secret NYPD CIA program to spy on Muslims in the greater New York area and beyond. Uh, Cyrus, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. But uh, before we get specifically to the coalition that you formed and the press release, I wondered, since you're in New York, you're, you're literally and figuratively at ground zero, I wondered if you could uh, give us your perspective. You know, we're 10 years on 9-11 right now. Where do we stand? It's tough. You know, we see uh, this, this, this relationship playing out in a whole lot of different ways. You know, on the one hand, I think that there has been tremendous uh, strides being taken on the ground level. I think that, you know, among other New Yorkers, uh, between the Muslim community and you know, Jewish and Christian and, and, you know, atheist and agnostic communities, you know, we have a tremendous amount of interfaith work, um, a lot of really good, great relationships being built. Um, but unfortunately, I think we also see a, a really troubling trend developing, and that is being, you know, almost now formalized, you know, and legitimized and normalized by institutions like media, and here we see, unfortunately, by our politicians and law enforcement. And, you know, when we have such movements now, you know, where it is becoming um, accepted, you know, not just, not just accepted but defended, you know, to be targeting one community over another, um, you know, this, this has an unfortunate effect on the ground, and we've seen, I think that this is, is, is not disconnected from rises in hate crimes, rises in bigotry. And, uh, and, and this, is, this is really not what America is about. I think that, you know, I, I'm always encouraged, you know, because here at CARE New York we deal, with, we deal with problems and solutions. You know, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, there are absolutely a lot of problems on the ground, but then I'm encouraged, you know, by, the, by our abilities and, and to come together. Uh, I have to ask you, though, because uh, in, in listening to the people who get platforms to speak, especially right now within the context of the, you know, Republicans who are running for president, you have individuals like Mr. Alan West, who is given a platform to speak. And then he actually is, frankly, xenophobic and at times, frankly, racist things about, you know, Muslims in America, Arab Americans, you know, just about anybody. Um What's your sense about that? How does he get away with that? Well, there's, yeah, there's a couple, I think, trends that play into that. On the one hand, we see a really unfortunate uh, trend from the right wing to, to kind of push to the fore, um, you know, not just black Republicans, but, you know, any minority that's willing to throw Muslims under the bus. Um, this is, and I think, you know, we, we can, you know, understand where it comes from, the, but, the, uh, but even from the Muslim community, there are, there are plenty of people who seem willing, you know, to stand up and, and throw the community, uh, you know, under the bus here. Um, you know, it comes to mind people like, uh, like uh, Zudi Jasser, you know, from Arizona, who, right. who's made a career out of being the sock puppet for the Islamophobia axis of evil. And these, you know, the, the, it's a very troubling trend, you know, because on the one hand, you know, I will, I'll defend to my death, you know, their right to say these things, you know, I, I wouldn't advocate any, any other type of consequence. But on the other hand, I am troubled, you know, by the willingness of media and political institutions to legitimize that type of hate speech. And when we give platforms to people, um, 
and you know media outlets you know um you know fox news comes to mind but they're not the only ones by any means right. um but when they give platforms to people um posing as experts you know and and even someone like alan west um you know who has his own very uh, disturbing track record of of abuse of uh, i believe he was the one who 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 was uh, discharged, you know, for, for right. torturing people in Iraq. Um, so, you know, of course, he has his own issues. But as a politician, you know, he's accepted as an expert. And when you know this type of language, uh, whether it's xenophobic, um, you know, Islamophobic, racist, uh, when this is being legitimized, you know, in media and legitimized in politics, uh, it sends the wrong message to Americans. Because increasingly, I think that this country, unfortunately. Uh, we see it being defined not in terms of the values and not in terms of inclusiveness, um, but in terms of division and in terms of fear and fear mongering. And, and really, that's a, it's a very disturbing trend. In case you joined us a little late, we're speaking with Mr. Uh, Cyrus McGoldrick. Uh, Cyrus is the human rights uh, director and manager at the CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations in the New York office. He's the civil rights manager. Cyrus, I mean, that that's um that's like politicians and other individuals getting away with it and being able mm-hmm. to speak in this frankly xenophobic uh islamophobic manner but what about a recent report that came out that showed that essentially 42 million dollars from seven core foundations have mm-hmm. funded and helped fuel the rise of islamophobia in this country that's a lot of money that's a lot of money <laughs> fund you know that could be going to healthcare that could be going to Funding school programs, uh, nutrition. I mean, you know, the list goes on. Yet they're funding specific uh, projects that are, you know, to put it mildly, putting fuel on the fire, creating mm-hmm. this hateful rhetoric. Absolutely. No, the uh, I, that's, a, that's a huge budget. Uh, you know, I wish I had a budget like that in our <laughs> New York office, but it's not the case. Um, Dan, and it's it's very telling though, also, you know, because fear makes money. And it always has, you know, and, and, and I think the fear that's on the ground here in America is being translated into wars abroad. You know, and these are, these are huge money-making enterprises, and we shouldn't ignore that. Because on the one hand, I think that there is, you know, a lot of, there is a lot of, you know, uh, fear in this country. There are a lot, of, and a lot of ignorance of Islam. And I think that, you know, part of that responsibility falls to us, you know, to do our part to educate others. Um, and I know that, you know, 9-11, being here in New York, you know, I must say, you know, this was, this was a, a trauma, you know, not just for the whole country, but especially for the city. Yeah. And it really, you know, ruptured, I think, the, 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 the fairly peaceful relations that we all had. And now, no, now that there was this, you know, well of, uh, of ignorance, and I don't even mean ignorance in a bad way, but now that there was this well of ignorance, I think people saw an opportunity there. And what has happened since, and, uh, you know, thanks to that report that came out from the Center for American Progress and, and to a lot of work that, that CARE nationally has been doing, um, you know, we see now that networks have formalized this type of, this right. type of fear. And they have created organizations, you know, a, a number of organizations, over a dozen organizations, that their sole purpose is to manipulate and exacerbate this ignorance into fear and into hatred. You know, and they do this by, you know, actively spreading misinformation, you know, by posing, you know, as experts. We have people like Robert Spencer. You know, I hate to bring attention to these people. I hope that no one Googles him. But the, you know, this is someone who goes around posing right. as an expert and training our law enforcement, you know, about what Islam is and isn't. And he, know, uses, he, and he uses things from the Old Testament to, to describe and um, articulate yeah. What's Absolutely. Ha- yeah, uh, narratives about that. I Absolutely. thought you were going to use Pam Geller too as a name. I, I know. I just I just hate saying her name. 
But that's where we're at. And, you know, that's, that's what's happening in the private sector, let's say. You, yeah. have, you have private foundations investing in these kinds of individuals who are creating this kind of picture and misinformation and, and hateful kind of speech. But then now getting to the specific work that you are doing and creating this coalition in New York, yeah. um, we recently heard this bombshell of a revelation last week where right. you sent out a, a press release that basically uh, found out that the New York Police Department and the CIA, which is supposed to be a, a government agency that's only supposed to work on foreign soil, mm. have set up a spy program specifically to spy and infiltrate and uh, surveil Muslims in this country. I'm I'm kind of having a hard time believing that this is true, but it is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, then again, are you? <laughs> I think that, you know, when we looked at this, uh, when this came out last week, and this was, you know, reported first by the Associated Press, which did a very in-depth, uh, you know, research into this, into this subject, you know, um, interviewing, uh, I believe, over 40 um, current and former officers from the NYPD, from the CIA, and even the FBI. And the reaction i think from you know not just in our office but from around the community and and not even just the muslim community i think all of new yorkers was an unfortunate lack of surprise you know i think that on the one hand we suspected i think that a lot of this was going on um but the 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 first the, the fact that this was revealed in such a such a fashion that you know so many officers were completely unashamed you know to admit to what was going on um and to the to the detail with which we found out that this was happening the level to which the NYPD had risen to become probably the country's largest domestic intelligence gathering organization. This was devastating, and this was a complete betrayal of trust. Um, and it's only gotten worse since. Uh, we've seen it play out since, I believe that was last Wednesday, right. that the report came out. Um, and since then, it's been you know, just development after development. You know, the, the, you know, the NYPD will return with statements from both you know, Commissioner Ray Kelly and, and, and Deputy Commissioner Paul Brown, and they'll say one thing, and then it'll, the next day it'll just be completely disproved. You know, we really, you know, can have very little trust in what they say, and that's really a difficult thing to deal with. You know, as a New Yorker, as an American Muslim, you know, to think that our law enforcement agencies, the, the people who our taxpayer dollars go to protect us, you know, are not investigating crimes but investigating communities. You know, this is a, 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 a very difficult uh, situation to deal with. Um, the... And even just now, I look up, I, I look, and now it, it was revealed today, um, a PowerPoint presentation that yep. was made in, within the NYPD, you know, in the police department uh, to other officers, detailing the demographics unit that Paul Brown just yesterday was denying. Wow. We that... have here six slides, you know, uh, to detailing the, the capabilities, the objectives, the methods, you know, the, the indicators being looked for. Um, and um, of this intelligence department, of this dem- of this demographics unit, as they call it, which we should really see as a profiling unit, right. it's a unit that has listed 29 quote I quote exactly from the subject here ancestries of interest. Uh oh, 29 ancestries of interest. And you look at this country. I could give you a few. Um, none of none of them surprises here. Everything from Egypt to Lebanon to Morocco to Bangladesh to Iran to Indonesia to and the last one on the list the American black Muslim. Now, every single one of these countries, you know, has a, a massive, you know, Muslim population. It doesn't really seem like a, a comprehensive list of America's enemies here. This is, look, I don't see, I don't see any, not to point the fingers anywhere else, but right. I don't see any China or North Korea on here either. And, uh, you know, it, it's just very interesting, you know, to see that they have been completely 
unashamedly, you know, profiling Muslim peoples, you know, uh, from around the world here in New York and mapping their communities, you know, and, and then investigating their, their private businesses, their houses of worship, just solely based on their ethnicity and identified religion. We're speaking with uh, Cyrus McGoldrick. Cyrus is the human rights director for the New York Care Office, the Council on uh, American-Islamic Relations. Cyrus, uh, my jaw is dropping, so we're on radio so people can't see it. Yeah. I and mean, that is truly extraordinary. Yep. So you, you uh, and, and we heard also that it's upwards of 15,000 law enforcement people are working undercover to surveil it's it's unbelievable. That's such a it's such a massive, you know, portion of of the New York Muslim community. So that's almost that, like three I to like four half of my friends. That's like you know, that's at least a quarter of my friends are probably spying on me right now. It's well, a very distressing thing. Yeah. But it actually means that uh, you have surveillance going on in 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 mosques, yeah. in schools, in the workplace. Is there any place that's safe anymore? Not no, not so much. Uh, what we saw, and this is not. You know, entirely new, because um, even from, um, I believe it was 2007 when the NYPD came out with a, a document called the Radicalization Report, in which they attempted after um, some amount of, of what they called research uh, to profile what it is to be a radical, uh, a homegrown radical. And I should, I should mention, and, you know, CARE back then, you know, did, you know, worked with the NYPD uh, to, to try to force them to make some revisions, much needed revisions, and they only made a few of them. The ACLU has been very involved with this. Um, you know, the, the indicators of radicalism, mm -hmm. of radicalization, I should say, for them, were to quit smoking, <laughs> to grow a beard, to go to bookstores. Now that sounds to me. I've only you know been to San Francisco twice, but that sounds like half of your population. Well, it's actually so more. You are, yeah, yeah, you are a city of radicals over right, there. Right. Right. Um, and so is New York. You know, this is a. This is a. It was. It was very troubling to me. That sounded like a pretty good Saturday, and unfortunately, that that lands me on the radical on the radical list. So the you know as we look here, even on the same PowerPoint that I was just referencing, this was a, a presentation made in the New York City Police Department two other officers talking about the capabilities and tactics of this intelligence division's demographics unit. And this is, you know, I wish I was making up the words myself, but that's what they called it. Um, it lists, you know, and key indicators here, religious schools, community centers, suspect charities, you know, uh, mm. bookstores that may sell extremist literature, um, transient housing. You know, and, and I look at this and... I see. It's, it's they've mapped the entire community. You know, exactly. the officers here are instructed to identify businesses and/or employment. And I quote, I'm quoting again. I'm sorry. Identify businesses and/or employment that is indicative of a specific ethnicity. And in parentheses, it says Pakistani cab drivers. And and that's that's another uh, jaw-dropping uh, revelation from this yeah. uh, information that's coming from the very group of people. That's a pers that's supposed to you know protect civilians in this yeah. country, protect citizens of yep. this country. Yep. In case you joined us a little light, we're speaking with Cyrus McGoldrick. He's the civil rights manager at the Care New York office. So Cyrus, your office must be very busy, and I wondered if you could say a bit about the coalition that has been formed in response to this revelation of the secret NYPD CIA program. Sure. No, we, we, you're absolutely right. We've been tremendously busy. Uh, this is the last thing that we needed to come out, especially right before 9/11. Um, as you know, you know, New York will be the center of a whole lot of activities, you know, surrounding the 10th anniversary of 9/11, and we've been pretty busy with that. Um, it was pretty unfortunate to wake up last Wednesday, 
you know, to such yeah. a detailed report. Um, so, the, you know, the reaction was immediate. You know, that very day we had a, a tremendous coalition came together in support. We got, um, you know, from across the Muslim community and from across the country, really, um, so many groups uh, representing, I think, all of America's diverse, diverse communities have, have really stepped up and asking what they can do about this. Now, and that's encouraging because just, I think it was just yesterday I saw a report, there was a video of, uh, of Ray Kelly, you know, NYPD Commissioner Ray Kelly, um, claiming, you know, it's gotten to the point now, the details are so grotesque that they can't even deny these things. Now what they do is they say that it's worth it. Uh, and Peter King, you know, who is right. re- representative Peter King, who's, who's no friend to the, <laughs> to the Muslim community, uh, came out and defended them also, you know, saying that this is what America wants. And that's not the, that's not the perspective I'm getting from America. Uh, I think that America has been through such a long history of one group being targeted you know, at a time, right. almost. I think almost every community that's come here, um, you know, I'm, I'm half Iranian and half Irish. So my father's family can tell me a whole lot, you know, about, about what people have been through, you know, coming, uh, coming to this country. Every community, I think, has been through this, and, some, and all very often, especially with the police. And I don't think that many Americans want this type of surveillance of our communities. So this is in, in complete violation of, of our civil rights. And I think that, you know, not only do we need to address that angle, you know, because civil rights, you know, should be, uh, you know, should not be violated, you know, no matter what, you know, no matter how, how, mm-hmm. how badly you want to scare us. Um, but then on the other hand, we need to analyze the fact that this doesn't make us safer either. Mm. Uh, Cyrus, I, I um, need to ask you because we have a lot of people who listen in on this show, either yeah. live or remotely. Yep. So if you're speaking yep. to uh, Muslim Americans, uh, targeted communities here, or just yeah. our general listener population mm-hmm. who are very concerned about this, yeah. what advice would you have for them? Yeah, first, um, I think that you need to look for the signs of this happening in your own community. I think that, and this is not just the Muslim community, this is any activist community, especially any anti-war community, um, you know, pro-immigration uh, communities. You know, these are, these are targeted communities here. Mm-hmm. And if this is happening in New York, I would be shocked if this wasn't happening <laughs> elsewhere in the country. <laughs> this is, you know, of course, you know, NYPD, I think that, you know, Ray Kelly does see himself, you know, as the, as the, at, at the forefront of this, of this movement. But, um, you know, I would look for that, you know, on the West Coast also. Um, I think that, um, you know, a very important next step will be, you know, asking our, not just asking, it's past asking, you know, yeah. demanding, you know, that our politicians have some oversight over this, uh, you know, because the, the, the commissioners of police departments should not be dictators. The, uh, you know, the politicians, the, the, and on the national level, you know, the congressional and Senate intelligence committees should have oversight over what the CIA is doing. Mm. Your local city councils and our New York City city council, they should have oversight over what the NYPD is doing. These are our, this is our money. We need to remember that this is our money that is paying and funding these programs. And this is, if this is unacceptable to you, we need to make sure that our politicians know it and that they act on this. Because these are programs that we can't just afford, you know, to, to, we can't afford to just tell them something and then let it go away because they're only going to get better at it. These programs need to be dismantled. You know, we need to make sure that the, um, that the police tactics you know, are in line mm-hmm. with the community priorities, that they're respectful of our laws, and that police are protecting our communities, are serving our communities, and not surveilling our communities, and investigating crimes and not manufacturing them. This is a very difficult, this is a very difficult situation. I expect a lot of resistance to this. 
Um, I say this to you now, knowing that my phone is probably tapped. <laughs> but I think that we need, really need to tell the truth, and we really need to fight for this issue, um, because this is this is not going to get better. We, we we're only getting worse. That's the voice of Cyrus McGoldrick. He's the civil rights manager at the Care New York office. Cyrus, thank you so much for joining us today, and really, you know, thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing in New York. We wish you and the Care office there all the luck and uh, support from us here on the West Coast. You have a long slog in front of you. Thank you. All the best to you guys. Okay. Thanks so much, Cyrus. We're going to take a short musical break, and then when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Professor Stephen Shihai, who's written a very provocative book on Islamophobia in the United States. So stay tuned. This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM.